You're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. Today on the show, we are in the studio with Tony Clement. Tony Clement is a former Conservative cabinet minister and former member of Parliament for Parry Sound Muskoka. He has moved on from his political life, however, and is here in the studio to talk to us about his favorite and most influential music. This is Having a Chat. Today, Mr. Speaker, they're defending the workers. Yesterday, they were condemning the workers for working overtime. That's the hypocrisy on that side. But I will say, I will say in this House that we are looking at some changes and we would like to make sure that we can defend the taxpayer better because we believe that change can be positive. You know, in this place, for the men who hold high places, they must be the ones who start to mold a new reality closer to the heart. All right, that was Tony Clement uh, giving some remarks in the House of Commons back in 2012. And uh, in case you didn't pick up on it, he was paying tribute to one of his, uh, what I would imagine is one of his favorite bands. And uh, we have Tony Clement in the studio with us today. And uh, Tony, I'm going to ask you about that moment in a sec. But what I would like to, you know, the reason I started off with that clip and the reason I'm going to start off with a song like Closer to the Heart by Rush is because... That moment for me actually informed a great deal of the philosophy behind this show. And as we were just saying, you know, have people in who you and I are of different political perspectives, but we both love Rush. Sure. And I remember seeing that, you know, I was in high school when that came out and I remember seeing it. And I remember, you know, as I was just saying to you, kind of saying, okay, well, you know. He can't be, you know, conservative. It can't be all bad. He likes Rush. Yeah. Um, so what was that, uh, what inspired you to do that? I mean, you also referenced Fly By Night. Let me oh, let yeah, it went on and on. I piled it on. But the reason that happened was because Rush was in Ottawa that day because they were the recipients of the Governor General's Award. And uh, Alex and Getty, Alex Lice and Getty Lee, two-thirds of Rush, were in the gallery, right. the parliamentary gallery, and I was busy. Uh, I, I at first didn't notice them. I was I was in the front bench. Uh, I was uh, studying my notes just before question period, getting psyched, getting in the zone. Right. And the heritage minister, James Moore, walked by my desk and said, hey, Clement, you're a Rush fan, aren't you? I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, well, look up. And I looked up, and there were Alex and Getty. Uh, and it's one of those things where you know how you have those moments in your life. Gee, I wish I would have thought of that. Well, right. I actually did think of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, got to uh, to do my homage to Rush through my answers in question period that day. Various. Uh, recitations of lyrics and uh, Charlie Angus on the other side of the house got into it as yeah, well. No, he said, "You know, what a rush to judgment yeah, yeah, or something that's like right, that." That's right. But I, I thought that your your references were much more on point. I mean, I think that you were clearly the bigger rush fan. I, I hope so. You and Charlie Angus. And fun fun fact about that. So I got a call from uh, Ray Daniels, who's the great manager of yeah. Rush for forty plus years. He said, "Tony, uh, you know, I saw your clip." Uh, and uh, I'd love to have you at the next show, you know, our our guest. I said, no, look, I pay for my own tickets, but if you can get me backstage, that would be amazing. So he did, and Getty Lee came up to me and said, you know, my mother has never figured out what I do for a living, uh, he said, but she saw that clip and realized that, that, you know, uh, our band was enhancered for all eternity. Right. And it, it was a validating moment for him that his mother understood that what he did was important. Right. So I felt like I felt no, good that, about that's that. Cool. I mean, it's kind of interesting, you know, just parents not really understanding music and their kids who play music. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that uh, it does become sort of immortalized by uh, by the politicians yeah. who invoke their words. So with that in mind, this is Rush with Closer to the Heart on CJRU. Thank you. 
to start to mold a new reality closer to the heart closer to the heart blacksmith If you were just joining us, that was Rush with Closer to the Heart on CJRU, and we are here in the studio having a chat with Tony Clement. Uh, so, Tony, we're going to kick things off. Um, we like to do a sort of lightning round of questions. Just oh, to, sure. Just so people can sort of get to know you. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, you are a former member of parliament, former cabinet minister, but these are, are mostly going to revolve around, uh, around your musical interests. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, the first one is, where'd you grow up? I was born in Manchester, UK, and then grew up in Hamilton. Okay. Uh, first concert? Ah, good question. I remember it very clearly. It was in 1972, uh, and it was at the old Exhibition Stadium, and it was the Guess Who. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's, brilliant. I'm very proud of having that as my first yeah, concert. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They, you know, I think that they, they're still around, but without... Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings. I think Gary Peterson, the drummer, is sort of Still the only original holding the flame. It. Yeah, I managed to t- chat with Randy Bachman one time, and I said, "Hey, uh, uh, Randy, I was, you know, my first concert was, you know, nineteen seventy-two. You had a big Canada flag as your backdrop." Yeah. He, he said, "Dude, I was so stoned at that. Yeah. Point. I don't remember anything, but thanks for remembering." You yeah, know? I think there's probably like a whole decade of sort of <laughs> rock star experiences that they just don't remember. No, no. Um, all right, next one. Uh, first album. Oh. Oh, uh, good question. Um, I th- I, my very first album. Well, it, it, okay. Uh, here's uh, something I, I I would not hang my hat on, but it was probably the Partridge Family. Okay. <laughs> so they they put out an album uh, right. based on the TV show. Okay. Band. So I I think I was like eight years old or something like that. All right. Well, you know, sometimes you know when you're kids, you, you yeah. have a different taste. Um, at guilty pleasure artist. Oh, um, I would say uh, number one on that would be Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, so that's a father-daughter thing with one right. of my daughters. Uh, we go, whenever she's touring, we go to a Taylor Swift show, uh, and I go, you know, and I, I enjoy it because yeah. she's, a great, uh, she's a great entertainer. And uh, uh, last time we went, uh, I was freaking out because she brought on stage uh, Brian Adams. Oh, right. I remember hearing And then that. they did uh, Summer of 69 together, yeah. and I thought, okay. Okay, she's got yeah. some coolness there. Yeah, she gets it, right? Yeah, like she's yeah, got, yeah. And I wonder, you know, in the same way that sort of like Disney Pixar movies will have sort of little 
sort of under the radar jokes in there for the parents. I wonder yeah. if you know someone in her you know management team said you know there's a lot of dads who are here with That's their right. daughters. You know let's, That's right. let's yeah. throw a let's throw a nod to them. Uh, Beatles or Stones. Oh, you can't. That's that's wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, first of all, okay. So my answer is, uh, I, uh, you condemn me for a non-answer. But the Beatles are in a completely separate category, a category of one. Right. So once you get that category out of the way, the number one of the non-Beatles category right. is the Stones. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and it, you know, I know that's a, a BS answer in a lot of ways, but I I just can't choose. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, that, that's that's not unlike what I would probably say. It, it is a very tough call. And uh, since you said you are you were born in Manchester, mm-hmm. uh, two of the most Famous Manchester sons, uh, Liam or Noel? Oh. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, Liam just tweeted today that uh, they were offered a hundred million yes. pounds to tour, and he blew it off. Well, he. I think the implication was that Noel blew it off. Uh, okay, because Noel is the one who just wants. I mean, Liam has been saying he's been saying he's please, please, please. Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but Noel, you know, that, I think he said, you know, uh, not enough for the greedy soul. Right, um, right, right, in right. Reference to. So I, I will go with Liam because I want to see them again. Yes. Yeah. No, that, fair enough. <laughs> I you know saw what? them twice before they uh, really? atomized, and uh, one was at Maple Leaf Gardens, and the show was cut short because somebody threw a boot and hit Liam square in the face at Maple Jeez. Leaf Garden, Gardens, and he got pissed off and left. Yeah. Uh, but the other one was a full concert, right. and uh, I mean, it just, I mean, that they're they're so good at what they do, and yeah. a lot of Beatles stuff yeah, is, is sure. kind of needed into their music, and they're a great band. So. Yeah. Uh, I, they, I love Oasis. They seem to have bad luck in Toronto because there was the boot incident, and then there was also the incident on their most recent tour, where which was in 2009. I mean, they've been broken yeah. up for north of a decade now, but where someone ran on stage and tackled yeah. Noel and then tried to rush Liam, but then security got yeah. there, and Noel broke a couple of ribs. Yeah, what is all, what's that all about? That Toronto crowd, come yeah. on, get it together, yeah, man. Seriously, yeah, seriously, supposed to be, you know, yeah. polite Canadians. We're showing, you know. That's not cool, man. <laughs> all right, so thank you for answering those, Tony. And, uh, you know, it's funny, no one has said Noel yet. It's all been it's all been Liam. So uh, you know, hopefully at some point someone will say Nolan will get to pick their brain. For sure. Um, so the first track um, that uh, that we're going to play of your choices is Spanish Bombs by The Clash mm. on their 1979 album London Calling. Yes. Uh, what have you got to tell us about this tune? Well, uh, you know, uh, London Calling is my favorite album of all time. Okay. Uh, wow. I remember buying it and. Um, taking it out of the cellophane and playing it for five hours straight yeah. on my turntable in university so it just it and it stuck with me ever since so this is to me the epitome of, of punk but also the epitome of of rock and roll that cares right. uh joe strummer wrote it uh when he heard of an etta which was a, a terrorist group in spain etta was a basque liberation group right. uh they bombed uh, uh some sort of tourist hotel in uh, Costa Brava, so he he wrote a song that contrasts that with the Spanish Civil War references, right. uh, and um, yeah, I mean London Calling sold I don't know north of five million copies. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the greatest albums of all time. So yeah. uh, th- this is this kind of epitomizes that for me. Right. So I mean, so talk about being a you know I, I want to you know not get too much into the politics of things, but I think that a lot of people would be surprised to hear. A Tory talking right. about punk music. It sort of it, it goes against the grain to an extent of sort of what people sort of hold in their minds as like the the trope or stereotype of you know an active conservative. So what, right. what what's what is it? You know what what's that been like for you? I guess is what well. I mean, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I, I, no I whenever I reference the Clash, my only defender is uh, is uh, Warren Kinsella, who's right. a big punk guy and who who will defend me right. uh, because <laughs> punk is for everybody, right? Yeah, uh, you it know, uh, it's an attitude. It, it's it, and the minute you start to say I'm allowed to enjoy punk, but you're not, you're actually going against the ethos of punk. Yeah. And Joe Strummer would not be impressed. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but I, I look at my life, my life in politics, and I actually, I know this sounds counterintuitive to maybe maybe some of your listeners, but I actually think I go against the grain, right. and I try to 
fight for things that I believe in, yeah, and I, I try to fight the power wherever I could. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that, to me, that's my ethos. I've always been anti-establishment. Right. Your definition of the establishment may be different right. from mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe that there is a left-wing establishment. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that's how I justify it. And look, if I if I didn't listen to or or feel good about uh, all the bands that were contrary to my political views, mm-hmm. I'd be left with like three country artists yeah, yeah. and kid and kid rock. <laughs> so I, I'm not just not I'm just not going to go there. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, I mean, it's interesting because this idea of sort of what punk is is has always fascinated me because I you know I, I remember going to a lot of punk shows, you know, growing up in high school in Toronto, and and there was sort of a bizarre exclusionary element to it where it mm-hmm. was you know, and, and this has been sort of you know, talked about throughout the history of the genre where, you know, people at black flag shows in the 80s would get beat up if their hair was long. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think that one of uh, a guests that we had previously on the show, we were talking about Fucked Up and how they really went against the grain of a sort of typical staple of hardcore punk, which is short songs. Yeah. And they put out, you know, these 20-minute long songs. Yeah, yeah, Very sure. much in the same way that sort of Rush was doing and going against the grain. Well, I mean, you know, Johnny Ramone was a Republican, so yeah. uh, that's my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we'll get to the Ramones later, but first up, we've got Spanish Bombs by The Clash on CJRU. Can I hear the echoes? Days of 39 Cause she's full of 
Alrighty, that was Spanish Bombs by The Clash on CJRU. If you're just joining us, we are here in the studio having a chat with Tony Clement. Uh, Tony, uh, your next song is an absolute classic, Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. What have you got to tell us about this tune? Uh, just a couple of fun facts. So released July 65, uh, it was on the album Highway 61 Revisited. And yeah. what I love about this song, quite apart from the fact that it's probably the number one song, a uh, uh, pop song uh, ever. ever. Well, I mean, yeah, the Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone set. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it, it deserves a place in the Pantheon just for that. But I love the story of Al Cooper, mm -hmm. Cooper with a K. So he's a, at the time he was a session musician shows up because uh, he was invited to play guitar on this song. So mm -hmm. shows up at the session. Mike Bloomfield of the Paul Butterfield Blues Band also right. shows up. So uh, Cooper shows up with his guitar in his guitar case, walks in. Uh, Bloomfield shows up in the rain with, with his guitar slung without a case, right. slung over his shoulder, walks in, and then starts noodling the guitar to get it warmed up because it's all wet. Yeah. And cold, and Cooper watches him, and says, "OMFG, this guy! I, I can't compete with this right. guy." So he quietly closes his own guitar case and slinks to the control room. Right, and uh, he's he's hearing the patter, and uh, you know somebody says, "Well, we need an maybe we need an organ sound." Right. And Cooper, who doesn't play organ, says, "I'll do the organ." Yeah. <laughs> and they say, well, "Can you play?" Oh yeah, I can play. I can play organ. You know, he doesn't want to go up against the guitar player. <laughs> yeah, He'd no. rather do something. But he wants to be part of this song. So right. he goes in there, does the organ stuff, and people are saying, that's crap. It's 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 like two beats too slow. And and Dylan goes, no, I kind of like it. Keep yeah. the, Turn it up. Yeah. And if you know the song, yeah. the organ kind of makes the song. Yeah, it really, really does. Uh, and that's that was Al Cooper on organ. Right. Well, I, I love these sort of stories of kind of, happy accidents that happen yeah. in songs. I mean, when we were talking about Randy Bachman before, I mean, one of my favorites is, um, I can't remember, I think it was um, Taking Care of Business. When, when they were recording it um, with BTO, they they had ordered a pizza. This is the, the pizza guy. Yeah, the pizza guy. <laughs> I know uh, this is one of my sort of oh. go-to stories. Yeah. And the pizza guy comes in and he says, you know, that could use a piano part. And he plays it and... Lo and behold, and the rest know, is history. Yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one, you know, and the publishing royalties on that are probably crazy because oh. it's in everything. So that yeah. you know, that pizza guy's resting yeah. easy right he's, now. He's doing okay. He, he had a musical career after that. Really? Oh I yeah. Didn't oh yeah. Know that. Oh yeah. He didn't. He didn't just stay uh, delivering pizzas. He right. actually had a musical career. So. What did he end up doing? You know? uh, I can't remember, but he 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 had a storied career yeah. uh, as at least a session musician. He was in yeah. some important albums and whatnot. Yeah, so well, good, yeah, good I mean, for him. I guess that's a good jumping off point, right? If sure. Why not? You know. And, and Al Cooper was, was has been a great influence on rock and roll. So yeah. that's one of the many stories of Al Cooper. So yeah. kids, if you don't know Al Cooper with a K, well, not uh, not not Alice Cooper. I'm talking about Al Cooper. <laughs> look him up. All right, righty. This is like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan on CJRU. Dress so fine, do the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you, people call, say beware, doll, you're bound to fall. You thought they were all I'm kidding you. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. Scrounging your next meal. How does it feel? How does it feel to be without a home? Like a complete unknown. Like a 
only, but you know you only used to get juiced in it. Nobody's ever taught you how to live out on the street, and now you're gonna have to get used to it. You say you never compromise with the mystery tramp, but now. That was Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan, one of the all-time greatest songs. We're here in the studio with Tony Clement listening to some of his favorite tunes. Uh, next up, we've got another punk rock classic. We've got the Ramones with I'm Against It. And yeah. uh, Tony, I mean, punk rock is something that we've been talking about a lot. So perhaps, you know, give us your thoughts on this song, but also maybe give us your thoughts on sort of punk rock as 
sort of an ideology rather than a sort of you know a prescribed set of things that make up a genre. Yeah, I mean, this song uh, is tongue definitely planted firmly in cheek. Yeah. Uh, so they're against everything. Yeah. <laughs> and they're proud of it. And uh, I I just recently learned how to play this uh, on uh, my guitar. Uh, which uh, you know, it didn't take too long right. because it's a Ramon <laughs> song, it's a Ramon but song. it's just uh, it's got the attitude. I just yeah. love the attitude of this song, yeah. and uh, so you, it's 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 typical Ramones. It's not maybe not not many people know this song, perhaps as compared to some of the songs that you would hear on hit radio from the yeah. Ramones. But it it just nails the attitude, yeah. and uh, I think that part of the attitude of this song is it. It's making fun of itself, too. Right, right. A little bit self-deprecating. Exactly, exactly. Which you got to kind of admire in punk, because a lot of the time, you know, that genre can take itself a little bit too seriously. Because, you know, because for a lot of people, it is very serious stuff. Yeah, sure. They feel as if this is sort of their voice against authority, so, you know, that they need to take themselves seriously. But I think that, you know... The Ramones had this ability... I mean, I think part of it is because they were channeling 60s kind of style right. and getting back to basics. Right. So they believed in it, and certainly uh, Johnny and Joey believed that they were on a mission from God. Right. I mean, they, they really did believe that they were saving rock and roll from its progressive, uh, you know, circle jerks. Right. Uh, but uh, they 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 took that seriously, but they didn't take themselves seriously. Right. I think that's that's the way an I put important it. distinction to make. So you mentioned that you play that you play guitar. Yeah. So talk to us about what it's like. I mean, sort of balancing, you know, because for me, you know, I'm I'm a political guy, but I'm also a musician, uh, and I suspect that there are many people who sort of you know fit into that category. Sure. I mean, what, what's that been like for you? Just just sort of balancing, sort of your political life, your work life, but also just being a sort of you know a rock and roll musician yeah you know it i uh you're you're gonna just uh, tut tut at this maybe but <laughs> i didn't i never picked up a guitar until i turned 50 years wow. of age so i start i literally learned from scratch at age 50 right uh, and i've been playing for nine years now so uh, uh believe me i'm not gonna win the eddie right. van halen award for riffing but uh it's been such a joy psychologically uh, it's such a, an amazing thing to. I feel like I'm part of the club now. I, right. I know what I know what a power chord is. I know right. what a bar chord is. I know what I know what the standard chord changes are. So I'm part of the club, and uh, even if I'm not the most proficient of them, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got we've got I've got a band. Yeah. You know, we kick around. We're a bar band. Right. We're called the Doc Spiders because right. we're in Muskoka. So that yeah. was the nastiest name we could come up with. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, playing playing good old fashioned rock and roll. And there's nothing like I've been in politics. I, I get that. Being on a stage with a band and people start dancing. Yeah, there's no feeling like there that. is nothing like it. There really, really isn't. And and and, and, I, and I have to say, I mean, uh, something that. Again, sort of in the spirit of bipartisanship, I mean, something that I did that I have always admired about your political careers, you know, just following you on Instagram, Twitter, things like that is, you know, you you, you make your music, you, you sort of you manage to weave it in, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll do constituency things where you're, you know, you're playing I'm your playing. guitar. And, yeah, sure. But you're, you're absolutely right that there is uh, there is nothing better than, than playing a tune. And, and being part of a band like uh, to me, because then it's a common uh, goal like yeah. you're you're all you're you're bi- bigger than the sum of your of your parts yeah. and, and it, it it just being a band you know it's frustrating times oh absolutely uh, you know we we uh, we get frustrated with our, our drummer's an engineer so he drums <laughs> like an engineer <laughs> I wouldn't advise that in your drummer yeah uh, you know our our uh, our bass player is a cardiologist right. uh, you know wow. so we all have other things to do yeah but we. But we are uh, a band, which yeah. is, is kind of cool. Which is great, yeah. All righty. Well, this is The Ramones with I'm Against It on CJRU.
Alrighty, that was the Ramones with I'm Against It. And next up, we have a song that is near and dear to both my heart and Tony's heart. Uh, it's not closer to the heart, but it's because uh, <laughs> we already listened to that one. But it is uh, it's Limelight by Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one this one's an interesting one because it, it, it's very personal for Neil for Neil Peart, uh, the late Neil Peart. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I mean, I've always found it interesting because you know. I sort of grew up dreaming of being a rock star and all the fame and stuff that goes with it. So it's interesting to hear from someone who's reached, in many ways, the pinnacle of rock and roll stardom, and he doesn't want it. No, he he, no. he couldn't be less happy about that. Um, so what do you what do you think of this song? Yeah, I I think you nailed it. Uh, this song is about the cost of fame, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I think you know people listening might say, "Oh, poor pity, pity them, yeah. have a pity party," because you know, fame. You know, they're, you're famous. What more do you want? Yeah. Well, there's a cost, there and is. and uh, Neil. He he fought against that uh, throughout his entire life, and the band respected that. Yeah. So he didn't have to do a lot of the the, the meet and greet, meet and and greet stuff like that, that yeah. they that they did. Um, but yeah, I think it's very raw and open and emotional, and it's one of it's one of their most played songs. So yeah, it obviously sure. struck that that chord. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's all, it's you know it's off their biggest album, moving sure, pictures. Moving and, pictures. And I think that yeah. for many people, this is when they think of Rush, they think of either Tom Sawyer or Limelight. Right, and, and this has a great opening riff. Yeah, that riff. I mean, have you seen um, Have you seen I Love You, Man? Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, of course. Because they, they, yeah. go, they go see a Rush show, and, and this yeah. is the song that Rush plays. That's and, right. And I remember, you know, my my best friend Otis and I, we, we went and saw Rush, and, you know, we were doing the exact same things, you know, just, <laughs> just playing the air, air bass guitar. and the air drums and, <laughs> and all that stuff all throughout. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is such a personal song, and, and, and we were talking about this earlier, but just, you know, the, the loss of Neil Peart was... Uh, was such a blow to I think Canada and the musical community. At yeah, large. I, the outpouring uh, was surprising to me. Um, I knew that there'd be a reaction when I heard of his passing, but the outpouring has been genuine and real for not only Rush fans and then as we were discussing, the music community really yeah. did pay homage to him and and his influence on them. So yeah. uh, I think that that. That says it all. Yeah, and, and he has certainly earned himself uh, a spot among the stars. Indeed, and, uh, and indeed. In the sort of the pantheon of rock. As it yeah, was. sure. But let's uh, the music lives on. The music lives on. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this is Rush with Limelight on CJRU. <laughs>
Alrighty, that was Rush with one of their classics, Limelight on CJRU. We are here in the studio with Tony Clement, and we are now approaching the CanCon quota segment dun, dun, dun. of our show. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, and and it's it's funny because you know these these CanCon quotas are are mandated by the government by the by the federal government, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed, yes. And uh, and it, this is the first time we have had a. Uh, a, a former member of the federal government, a former minister of industry, minister so of industry, in charge indeed. of all that. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, sort of a, a, a funny little twist to this uh, this particular segment. But for those of you who are not aware, uh, federal law requires that uh, we that one third of our content be Canadian content. Uh, so with this segment here we're going to fill our entire CanCon quota so i've asked tony to pick a canadian album for us what have you got yes yeah, so i chose trouble at the henna house uh, the tragically hip of course uh released in uh, may of 96 uh went to number one yep. on the canadian charts uh, it was a juno album of the year in 1997 five times platinum wow so this is the royalty of yeah. uh CanCon, i'd have to say I learned this fun fact just the other day. It's great that you can still learn stuff about the Tragically Hip. They had more tour dates in the USA than they did in Canada. Right. Wow. Like I, I like that doesn't yeah yeah it doesn't make sense. Is like, it just because there's more cities in the U.S.? I guess or? so. They were probably doing a bunch of different venues, yeah. and uh, so they did. I don't know, I, I'm making this part up, but it's like 560 tour dates yeah. in the U.S. and 540 in Canada. Wow. In the in the course of their existence, so What's so interesting about them is that they, I mean, like their first three albums, I think, went diamond in Canada. So mm-hmm. that's ten times platinum. That's mm-hmm. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal. success. Yeah. Um, but they never hit that same degree of popularity in the states and my understanding you know like i've heard stories of people going to see them in tiny little bars yeah. in the states and sort of near the end of their career they were able to sell out bigger venues but my understanding is that was it was all just canadian expats yeah. who were down yeah. in the states exactly so what do you what do you think it is about their sound that has sort of you know, made it that way i you know we all grapple with this uh is there something in the poetry of gord downey that doesn't fit the American psyche is that what it is I, I there's something that just was a barrier and the funny thing is of course the glorious sons yeah. out of Kingston yeah. are selling out arena oh, yeah, after arena it. after arena in the USA yeah. and and to me the the lyrics are as complex yeah. as uh, tragically have yeah. I, I I, I got nothing. I, don't, yeah. I can't explain well, it. Well, I mean, yeah, the Glorious Sons had a number one single in the U.S. With, Indeed. Uh, with uh, Sawed Off Shotgun. I mean, yeah. And, and they've, they've been phenomenally successful. Yeah, so um, I don't know whether it's the right time at the right place or... Yeah. But, uh, but it, was, it, it was certainly the right time and the right place for them here. Yes. Which I think is... Yes. is and so and they, are, they are canonized. They are, yeah. you know, we're always going to worship the tragically yeah. hit. There's no question what about would, it. But again, I mean, I, 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 hope, I hope I'm not a downer for your listeners. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Neil Peart and then Gordon Downey, <laughs> but uh, but look, uh, the music, as I say, the music lives on. It that's does. what it. That's what it's all about. And you know, you and I have talked about how music is the great uh, joiner, like people with d- disparate political views yeah. or social views or whatever. We can all love the music together. Yeah, and uh, the tragically hip, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you, you know you you hang out at Timmy's or whether you're 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 on a mansion on Post Road. Yeah. Uh, you can all you enjoy the tragically hip. Yeah. yeah, there there is a certain universality there that uh, that we can all that we can all uh, get along to. Indeed. All right. So with that, this is the tragically hip with Trouble at the Hen House on CJRU.
If you're just joining us, that was the Tragically Hip with three classic tunes from their album Trouble at the Hen House here on CJRU. Um, so for our last tune, uh, this one's going to be one of my choices. We're going to yeah. listen to uh, a song by The Beaches, uh, Toronto rock and roll band. And, and the reason why I picked this one is because I had the pleasure, uh, for those of you who don't know, Tony Clement uh was the member of parliament for Muskoka Perry Sound. Perry Sound Muskoka. Perry Sound Muskoka. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. And uh, and in that riding is a truly special place. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a venue called the Key to Bala. And this past summer, uh, I had the great pleasure of going to the Key to Bala to see the beaches uh, with Fadeaways as the opening act. And I apparently was uh, there as well. Yeah. And there you go. I mean, and it, the, the venue, the show, everything about it blew me away. So, mm-hmm. what's what's the music scene like in Muskoka, and and what's what's it like having such an iconic venue um, in your riding? Yeah, well, the key, uh, the key to Bala, K E E, by the way, yeah. uh, is a. You're right. It's a historic venue. It was in the 20s. It was where all the big bands came up. Yeah. Uh, Louis Armstrong, Tommy Dorsey. And it evolved into this great rock and roll venue. So basically, if you were a Canadian rock and roll artist, you've played the key to Bala. Kim Mitchell still goes there. Yeah. Blue Rodeo. But, you know, Carol Pope, uh, Rough Trade uh, were there. Teenage Head. You yeah. know, all these great bands from the 70s and 80s were there. Uh, so it, it is an amazing venue. But I would say even uh, more to your point, the the music scene in Muskoka is it's great. It's very vibrant. Right. Uh, even like in the dead of winter when all you guys aren't there, mm-hmm. uh, we still have a great music scene. Yeah. So there's there's all these venues like Peter's Players, which is a venue in Gravenhurst, right. eighty eight seats. That's all there is. Wow. It's in a former mechanics garage. Wow. And I've seen Johnny Winter there. Wow. I've seen Carol Pope there. Uh, you know, uh, they, every year they have a reenactment of. Uh, the Last Waltz with uh, wow. mem- members who played with Ronnie Hawkins, uh, the drummer is the godson of Levon Helm. Uh, that's so, incredible. I mean, uh, that's just one venue. So, yeah. and there's like uh, another bunch of venues just in Gravenhurst. And then uh, I'm going to be seeing a, a great Mississippi bluesman this Saturday at a Legion Hall in Huntsville. You know, so yeah. these things happen. And then, of course, it all revs up in the summertime when all the cottagers are around because then you can have, you know, great music festivals and yeah, uh, and uh, you've got uh, enough people there to make it worthwhile. So, so yeah, I, I, I love the music scene in, in Muskoka. It's, it's fun all year round. Yeah. All right. Well, this is The Beaches with uh, Late Show on CJRU. And, uh, Tony, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. One by- 